going to tell you a story that's from the Bible. And all the best stories are in the Bible. The best book to read is the Bible. If you read it every day, it'll help you on your way. The best book to read is the Bible. So, we're going to tell a story about a family. And this family were in the Bible. And I hope you can see these. They're not very, they're not very big. I should have made them a lot bigger, but it was easier doing them like this for me. I'm not a, an artist. If I could find my pen here, I could point things out to you as we go along. Here we are. And there were four people in this family. And one of them was called Elimelech. The next one was called Naomi. The next one was called Mahlon. And the other one was called Chilean. Family of four. And they lived in Judah. They lived in Bethlehem, which was the place of bread. The place of bread. That's was plenty to eat in Bethlehem. God had provided all this food in the promised land. But you know, their names. Elimelech meant God is my king. God is my king. Naomi meant, or Naomi, it all depends whether you're old-fashioned or modern, uh, it means God is my delight, a delightful person. And then we came to this fellow, Marlon, and it meant sickly. I wonder why they called him a name that meant sickly, wouldn't you? And then the little fellow here, he was called Chilean, and it meant pining, pining. So they weren't too happy, these two little fellows, obviously. One was sickly and the other was pining. Well, they were farmers. And one day the, the, the farmer, Limelech, went out to look at his fields and he realized things weren't good. There was a famine starting. And his trees, instead of being full of leaves, had no leaves. In his, his ground, instead of being all little green shoots coming up, there were no green shoots. They all turned brown. And his animals were dying. Things were bad. And here are the vultures coming down to eat the dead animals. Poor old Elimelech and Naomi were very worried. What were they to do? They had to get food for their children they had to farm the land no other way of getting money so they made a decision they had a family gathering and they made a decision and they decided that there was food in Moab and so they decided they would go down to Moab where there was plenty of food so they got all their belongings gathered up in their cart and the old horse or mule or whatever, I don't know what that is. It, it was there and they set off and they were very sad having to leave Bethlehem. But you know, his name meant God is king. My God is king. And God had given them the land to dwell in. 
God had always promised that this was a land flowing with milk and honey. But the people had turned their back on God. Some of them. And here he was setting out to go to Moab. Forgetting that God had promised that he would supply their needs. It's a bit like you and me, isn't it? Standing on the promises of God. And yet we try to do things on our own. So true. And he's full of depression as he heads off towards Moab. Things went all all right when they got to Moab for a while. And then disaster struck. Disaster. Elimelech died. Elimelech died. And that was a terrible thing to happen the man who was the head of the family died so what did they do well they tried to do as best they could and then something happened one of the boys met a nice girl and they got married here they are at the wedding he met a girl called Ruth and she was good looking and he married Ruth isn't that lovely and here we have them at the wedding and we have Naomi and we have Ruth and the two boys well that was alright things were looking up things were happier and then the other boy he met a girl and he got married and here we have them. here's Ruth and her husband over here and here's this new girl Orpah Orpah came along and Naomi was things were looking up here the two the two girls her, son, her daughters-in-law and each of them marrying her two children so things were pretty good and then things went on like that for about ten years and then one day disaster struck again disaster one of the boys or men as they were now died and here they are at the funeral we have Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah, and one of the boys. The other one's in the coffin. Terrible. But they managed for another year or so, and then disaster struck again. The other man, he died. And here they are at the funeral. There's only the three ladies left we have Naomi or Naomi Ruth and Orpah and they're all crying as they follow the coffin and here was Naomi in, Naomi in, a, in a foreign country away from all her friends away from the place where God had said and he called it the house of bread and she began to think what should we do? What should we do? 
Well, they had a little conference, another family conference. But this time it was only the three ladies. And she said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my relations and to my friends because I hear that the famine is over. The famine's finished. And I'm going to go back to Judah. So they packed up the few things that they had left because they had to eke out an existence when the men weren't there and they probably sold a lot of their stuff. And here they are heading off to Judah. We have Naomi, Ruth and Orpah all going back to Judah. But they've gone not very far along the road when Naomi started thinking and she says, you know, it's not fair me bringing these two girls back uh, to Judah. Now there was a rule in, in uh, Israel that if, if you had married a man and he died, then his brother married you. So as to have children in the name of the man who had died. And Naomi said to the girls, listen, go back home. I'm old. I'm not, I haven't got a husband. But even if I had a husband and we had children, you would never wait that long to marry him. You have to wait ages. Go back to your own people. Go back. It's not right. I'll go on on my own. So they had this discussion on the road to... Judah and Orpah she thought about it and she said oh no I'm going with you and then she said no I'll go back to my parents and she went back and they cried but Ruth she said an amazing thing here's what Ruth said don't ask me to leave you please don't ask me to leave you I'm going to follow you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, whatever house you get, I'll be there with you. Your people are going to be my people. And this is the important bit. She said, and your God is going to be my God. I'm going to follow your God. From now on, I'm going to follow your God. It's not wonderful. Naomi must have had a good testimony. And Ruth had been watching her because they had been idol worshippers. And she was watching Naomi day in, day out. When the crunch came, she says, No, from now on, I'm going, your God's going to be my God. And she said, And when you die, I'm going to get a plot beside you. I'm going to be buried in the same place. Isn't that wonderful. Where you go, I'll go. Where you're living, I'll live. Your God's going to be my God. Where you're buried, I'm going to be there too. Isn't that wonderful? Have we got a testimony like that, that it attracts people to our God? It's very simple this, isn't it? But have we? Have we got a testimony that says that? So, Orpah went home, 
and they carried on. And you remember what Naomi's name was? Delight. Delight. Well, they arrived back in Bethlehem. And it says everybody was excited. They must have been well known. And they were saying, Naomi's back. Have you seen Naomi? She, oh dear. And she's got a daughter-in-law with her, Ruth. She's back. And everybody was talking about her. And they all came out to see her. And they said, Naomi, is it you? I can't believe it. And she says, yes, but don't call me Naomi anymore. Don't call me Delight anymore. Call me Mara. Bitterness. She says, God has dealt so bitterly with me. She was blaming God. And you know, that's what we do. When things go bad. When things go wrong. Oh God, I wish God would have, hadn't done this. They had left the place where God had said would be his land. They'd gone into a foreign country. But then they said it was God's fault. We do that all the time, don't we? Don't we? I don't know whether they ever did call Amara or not probably hard to change a name in, the, in that age but in any case the, their house was there it was a bit overgrown with weeds and things and they had a bit of land there and they decided that they would set up house in the old place and then see what they could do now this, is, this isn't in the story but I want to tell you about this in those days in Israel when they, a farmer went out to his field and he had taken all the barley off the field and he left a sheaf of barley in the field by mistake. If he suddenly remembered, he couldn't go out the next day and, leave and get the sheaf. That was against the law. If he was on the vines and he was collecting grapes, and he went out the next day and saw there was a nice bunch of grapes that he'd missed. He had to leave it there. If he went out to his tree and there was fruit on the tree and he saw suddenly a beautiful apple on top of the tree. He couldn't shake the tree and make it come down. He had to leave it there. Why? He had to leave it for the poor people. The poor people had the right to go out if you went into the corners of the field you were to leave the corners you weren't allowed to go right into the corners poor people went out and they got that all the little bits that were left as the men were working in the field that was for the poor people you weren't able to go out and rake it all and get all the little bits and gather them all in that's just by the way because it's important because when they got settled they began to think, how are we going to live? How are we going to live? So Ruth said, you've been telling me about the rules over here. I'm going to go out into the fields and I'm going to collect. I'm going to glean all the bits that are left. And so she went out into the fields. And here were the men and the women who were cutting it. They cut them with a sickle like this, this twisted thing. And they collected and they left bits she was collecting all the bits in her bag 
Well, as it happened, the man who owned the field, who was called Boaz, Boaz, before Boaz married Ruth, he was ruthless. Did you know that? <laughs> but he wasn't. He was a very nice man. <laughs> so, here we have Boaz. And he came into the field and he said to his foreman, Who's that over there? We know it was Ruth. And he said, the foreman said, Well, that's Ruth, Naomi's daughter-in-law. Oh, he said, I know who that is. She's been so good to her mother-in-law. You know, all daughters-in-law are not bad to their mothers-in-law. Most of them are, but some of them aren't. But in any case, we have Ruth there, and he says, oh, that's wonderful. He says, now, make sure she's okay. And he, he, he went to, to the men who were around about the place, and you know, young men, when they're working in a field, especially farmers, they, 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 they always out for a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke. And he went to them and said, listen, lads, see that girl over there? Don't be annoying her. Let, her. let her gather as much as she wants. And he says, leave a few handfuls extra. And don't be trying to play tricks on her. That was nice of him, wasn't it? And then he, 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 he went over to, to, to Ruth. And he said to her, I, I've heard about you. He said, don't go to any other field. Stay with my maidens as they gather the, the corn and gather as much as you want. And he said, when is tea time? He said, go over and you can share in what we have. There's plenty of water over there. Nice cold water. He says, go on and they won't molest you. I've told them to, to leave you alone. Here we have Ruth having her lunch with the men. And there's Boaz having his lunch there as well. He's very good to her. Ruth went home. And Naomi was there and he says to her, she said to her, to her what, 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 how'd you get on today? How'd you get on? Oh, she says, got on really. Look, look at the amount I've brought home. It's fantastic. She said, the man was so good to me and he's told me not to go anywhere else not to go anywhere else who was he oh his name was uh, Bo, 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 Boaz says, that's right Boaz says Naomi oh she said you know he's a relation of ours that's not amazing God had sent her to a field now there were fields uh, all over the place not fields like we have but there were places all over the place where she could have gone. But God directed her to the field where Boaz was. Is that amazing? Well, it's not. Because God was watching over the whole situation. God was watching it. Naomi said to, to Ruth, make sure you don't go anywhere else. Make sure you stick by that man. He's a relation. And you know, Naomi began to think. The little wheels started going around in her brain. And she said, I, this is good. 
this is good. I'm going to think about something. And you know, the wonderful thing that happened, Ruth began to fall in love with Boaz. But the most important thing was Boaz began to fall in love with Ruth. And Naomi, I think, had something to do with it. Doesn't say that, but I think she worked a couple of tricks. And you can read about them in Ruth. Read Ruth when you go home. It'll only take a short time. So, Boaz decided that he was going to do something about it. And Naomi had some land. And she said, I'm going to sell this land. Now the way it worked that the relation who was closest to the person who was selling the land, the widow who was selling the land, had the first right to buy that bit of land. And then, horrors of horrors, she discovered that there was another man who was a closer relation than Boaz who had the right to buy her land she had hoped I think that Boaz would be the one would buy the land Boaz heard that the land was for sale and then he too realized that he couldn't buy it he hadn't the first option but somebody else had we don't know the man's name but there was another snag whoever bought the land had to marry Ruth that was part of the deal. Now it would be a terrible thing if you went to go and buy a bit of land here and you said to the, the auctioneer, yes, I'll buy the land. Well, he says, you're going to have to buy the, 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 the seller's daughter as well. That wouldn't be a very pleasant thing. So Boaz decided he'd take the, the, the law into his own hands and do something about it. So he went, and he went to the gate... Now, at the gate of these cities is where the, the wise men always sat. The gates are a sign of judgment, judging. And Boaz went to the gate of the city, and he got ten men. There aren't ten men there, but he got ten men as witnesses. He says, I want you to witness something here. And they hung around and waited around, and the fellow said, what are you waiting for? Oh, he said, I'm waiting for somebody along here to come along. I know he comes along here every day at four o'clock. And they hung around, and sure enough, this man came walking down the street, and Boaz called him over. He said, could I have a word with you? And uh, the man said, yes, certainly. He said, um, you know, Naomi's selling a bit of land. Oh, yes, I've heard that, he says. And you're the closest relation. Yes, that, that, that's me. And he said, are you going to buy the land? Yes, yes, I'm going to buy the land. Oh, Boaz's heart must have sank. I don't know whether Ruth was nearby or not. I have her here. She, she, I have her looking on here. But I don't, we don't really know whether she was there or not. He said, you're going to buy... Yes, he says. But they said, uh, Boaz says, well, then you're going to marry Ruth. Huh! He said, nobody told me that. Oh, that, that's it, he says. If you, marry, if you buy this land, you're going to have to marry Ruth. Oh, he says, I'm already married. I've got children. If I do all this, he says, all my inheritance is going to get mixed up. I'm going to have to give uh, my inheritance to Ruth and, and, and any children we have from her. I can't, I can't, I can't. 
He said, no, 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 that's not right. He said, that's the way it is. And he backed out. He said, no, I'm not going to go ahead with that. He sure said, Bose. Yes, he says, I'm not going to go ahead. No, they did a funny thing. It's a funny thing. He said, well, you have to do what the law says. And what is it? He said, you have to take off your sandal. And you have to give me your sandal. And here he is. He says, he's only got one shoe on. He's throwing the sandal over at Boaz. There, there's a sandal, he said. And he says, why? That's showing to these people who are sitting here as witnesses that you have given up your right to the land. And that Boaz now had the right. And it's a kind of, I think, the way it worked was, Boaz now had that shoe. And he had the right to walk over that land. Some way like that. And the other man didn't have the shoe, so he couldn't have the right to walk over the land. And Boaz was, he must have been all excited. Oh, I've got the sandal. I can go and see if Ruth will marry me. We'll have to wait till next week. No. <laughs> you know, they had a great wedding. And here they are at the wedding. Boaz, whose name meant strength. And he married Ruth. And that must have been a fantastic day for Naomi. You know, it wasn't long after that during the next year something happened Naomi was excited Ruth had a baby and they call that little baby Obed Obed and they all lived happily ever after but not, not entirely I'll tell you what does anybody know who Obed's mother was? Who was Ruth? But who was Boaz? Who was Boaz's mother? Does anybody know who Boaz's mother was? I'll tell you who she was. She was Rahab. Do you remember the story of Rahab? She married a man called Solomon. Boaz and Ruth had a little boy called Obed. Obed got married and he had a little boy called Jesse. And Jesse got married and his youngest boy was David. And way down the line, the same line, the Lord Jesus Christ was born. Isn't that amazing? All because of two women Rahab who trusted in God and put that ribbon out and the, we'll tell the story some other day and then she came out and she married Sam and then Ruth married Boaz because she was obedient to God because she put God first in her life amazing where you go, I will go. Where you are buried, I'll be. Your God is going to be my God. And God looked over and watched over everything that was going on. 
And that's the story of Ruth. And you'll read it in the book of Ruth. Read it when you go home. It's a wonderful story. And the story of how she was taken by Boaz and how she was in the line of the Lord Jesus. A Gentile in the line of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two women in the genealogy of Jesus. Rahab, a Gentile, and Ruth, a Moabite. Both. We have two books in the Bible which are called after women. We have Esther, who was a Jewish girl who married a Gentile king. And we have the book of Ruth, who was a Gentile, and she married a Jew. Interesting. 